called the uncomfortable white guy at a wedding who has to dance or he's facing divorce. <laughs> Everyone sees that one. I know who it is with my father-in-law. Uh, producing with me in video studio, as always, is Jared, who is not gay. Follow him on Twitter at NotGayJared. Me at S. Crowder with your thoughts, your comments. Uh, I don't know, your photoshops. You'll no doubt do those. I fulfill my legal obligations. Join your conclusions. Are we good? We, we have the, the best and yet worst fans. They love to just drag on to the photoshops. I've, yeah, seen some, I've seen some creative ones this week. They do. But I, uh, hold on a second. Before we go on. Before we go on. Are we good? I've fulfilled my... I've clarified that you're not gay. You may proceed. At Owen Benjamin is back with us. Mr. Benjamin. Hi. How are you, sir? I'm good. You're doing one headphone on, one headphone off? Yeah, it keeps me present, but also like in the world. I don't, I don't think that's a thing. I think really? it just contributes to Echo. I think he just came in on drugs. Drugs. This show's off to a fantastic start. Hey, we have, we have Dennis Prager. I'm high on friendship, Crowder. Is, <laughs> yes, he's high on love and life. Dennis Prager's going to be on. Sargon of a cat who just yes. got banned from Twitter. So we'll see what happens there. And uh, thank yeah, people really liked Owen last week. So Owen is is touring. You can see him in Europe all of next week. Uh, he's doing Texas this week and then Texas when he gets back, right? Did yeah, a, a lot of Texas. A lot, a lot of, of Texas. Yeah, I'm taping a special Feed the Bear in Manchester, England. Should be good. Now, yeah. now in, that, in that context, might, might you be the bear? I think we're all kind of the bear, Stephen. Oh. You know, the big bear just needs a little honey. Just mm. feed the bear. <laughs> I don't know that bears actually like honey, though. That's the Winnie the Pooh. Do bears really like honey? I don't know. That's a great question. Do, uh, I, don't. I think bears like honey if they don't have enough fish. Yes. They also like berries. It doesn't seem like it'd be their first choice. No. the mass that's needed for bears. Hey, <laughs> in the news, Hillary Clinton... <laughs> said that her skin crawled during the debate with Donald Trump. This is in promoting her new book. She, said, she actually said she described during the debate an actual physical sensation of her skin crawling. We told you not to get her wet. <laughs> yeah, she actually, she actually said that Donald Trump made her skin crawl. In contrast with her, her big, uh, big oil Middle Eastern donors who only made the back of her throat scratchy. <laughs> I'm kidding. It was their wives who clearly made her neck sore. <laughs> it's like when you eat too many, too many of those sour Skittles. The roof gets a little rough. I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know what you're talking about. Do you have an idea what he's talking about? You get a rough roof? Rough roof. Rough roof? A Skittle roof? Hillary's got a rough roof. I don't know how the Skittle comparison, though, we come off the wives. It doesn't, it's nonsensical. It's, it's nonsensical. Almost like, it's almost like he didn't know how to write this one. It's almost one. like it's inappropriate. I liked it, though. It hit me in, in the right place. It made my skin not crawl. No. <laughs> Just made it... By the way, don't feed her after midnight. She turns into Nancy Pelosi. Activists <laughs> want Donald Trump to support their right to go topless. This is actually, yeah, they are now, they're going to, pro this has been going on for a while. They will protest in the streets, topless in New York for the right to go topless. No, no, said all the world's male reverse psychologists. <laughs> What's, the thing about this is, is feminists are so easy to trick. They're so easy to trick. It's, it's, it's like worse than old people. I feel it's like it's like Kramer versus Kramer. Children. Where he's talking to the kid with the ice cream. He's like, don't you do it. Don't you do it. And the feminist's <laughs> like, yes. It's, a, it's, it's like selling a car. You're like, whatever you do, don't get the premium package. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it is. I will tell you. Yeah, you don't need the insurance unless you, you know, you get piped down the line. Well, I don't get you really empowered. Show everyone your breasts. <laughs> and they're like, yes, yeah, 77 cents on the dollar. You're like, we want to get a hundred nipple on the hundred. Yeah. No way. We don't. We, we don't, don't want to see any nipples. Here's the thing. They're, they're never... <laughs> oh, yeah, we don't. And I don't know what else w would really make them empowered is if they stopped complaining. <laughs> yes. Yes. But here, Wait, no. Now I'm confused. Now you're confused. Here's the thing. We don't want them <laughs> to stop complaining about this because that means it's solved. And if it's solved, that means they're not going to protest in the streets topless anymore. It's like marriage. Well, Once you get it, 
the good stuff ends. That's a, that's just such an old man joke that you can't even relate to. I know. It's not genuine. Like, I know. Right, guys? Take right, my guys? wise. The one that the <laughs> one the one thing they'll never be able to pull off is silence. Uh, I see what you did there. Yeah. Also, um, this has been going on for a long time. This is something else people don't realize. Like they, they just tie it into. We we've wrote about this on Lotto with Crowder since. Like, yeah. It's been going on since 2007, Seven. and now they just tie it into. Ah, but this time we want Trump to personally come on down <laughs> and support us. And this is true. This is not a joke. This clip, the movement was actually founded by this spiritual leader. I can do it. <laughs> and put it on Facebook everywhere and play with my breath. <laughs> Girls cannot. And that's sexy. <laughs> that's the actual guy. That's not real. That's real. That's real. Yeah. You know what else? That's In a surprise turn of events, that spiritual leader unzipped himself to reveal Eric Bowling. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, said, we also have to free the winner. Yeah. If they could somehow uh, be in the same room at the time, uh, this would be well, how you say providential. That's the guy that always brings a guitar to a party. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Or he's on campus and he brings a hammock with him everywhere he goes. <laughs> I hate that guy. It's like, what are you doing? Why are you in the diag? I'm just chilling, man. Studying. Chilling. Just chilling out, bro. You got any Dude. kind bud? <laughs> I but, hate that guy. Dude, we're in the library. Speaking He's of guys still... we hate, protesters came out in support of Colin Kaepernick. Uh, yeah, this is actually, do we have some of the video here? We do. Let's Here's roll the, the first clip. This is, this is not a joke. I know Owen doesn't, he doesn't necessarily believe, so these, this is real. We are not going <laughs> to let history repeat itself. We've got to make sure the modern day Muhammad Ali, <laughs> Ali we surround and support him. <laughs> the greatest there is, ever was, and the best there ever will be versus... Bottom 20 if he's lucky? Bottom yeah. 20 on a really good day. <laughs> the modern day Muhammad Ali. He said he's the modern day Rosa Parks. Yeah. Fly like a butterfly, sting like a bee. You know who I am. On the bench, because I'm bad. <laughs> <laughs> and, then, uh, and then there's this. This is another uh, clip from their protest. We are here because we believe Colin Kaepernick deserves a job. And today, it is time for the NFL to take a stand. I want the media to see not just those who are speaking, but the countless thousands who are here standing so that Kaepernick knows he's not by himself. Everybody who's here standing with us, make some noise now. Yeah, the only person not standing, Colin Kaepernick. <laughs> <laughs> standing for, it's like kneeling for Custer. Yeah, yeah it's like Custer's last kneel. Yes. In honor of Gandhi, Never-ending buffet. It's a never-ending pasta dish at Olive Garden. Gandhi had some ideas. All right, school bus driver was pulled over for a DUI, this was trending today, with 31 children on board. Uh, she wasn't actually initially pulled over on suspicion of a DUI, but for using her turn signal improperly because she's a female bus driver. <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're like, is she Asian? No, she's not Asian. Give her a breathalyzer test. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. By the way, we actually have, we have a, a exclusive footage of the arrest. Right here. Yes, ma'am. Are you aware that you uh, ran a stop sign back there? Pig, I am the stop sign. <laughs> <laughs> Seems unruly. <laughs> yeah, she's drunk on power. Yeah, she does. She seems like she's. I don't know if I'd want to be sending my kids in. How bad are the children aboard that bus to be so drunk you get pulled over or drunk at all? 
No, it's not the kids. How bad is the school district? School di- That's true, too. Like, what was the hiring process? Eh, good enough. Good enough. You know, <laughs> wait, she didn't even give us a resume. She didn't give us a resume. It's just a mug shot. Yeah. <laughs> it's not even her. It's Nick Nolte. No, she's probably just pounding mouthwash. <laughs> <laughs> she wanted to make a good first impression. Be like, was she just doing shots with the superintendent? <laughs> <laughs> I am the stop sign. That's so funny, dude. <laughs> It is true. His bus is a moving stop sign. That's true. If I had my own stop sign, I'd probably get hammered. Yeah. I'd be like, well, now this is the stop sign, bro. And then the yield sign's <laughs> like, just slow down a little. I'm just high. <laughs> like, the yield sign's like the stop sign stoner brother that never went to college. I guess that makes sense. Like, stop sign, stop. Yield sign's like, just like slow down, a, you know, put your head in a swivel, bro. Yeah. <laughs> I don't need to make a big thing about it. Um, <laughs> all right. Speaking of big thing, have you, have you seen this? The Adam ruins everything? Have you guys seen this? I've seen this. You seen this earlier? Owen. It's all about you. I, uh... <laughs> no, he has not seen it. Owen has not seen this. Uh, do you know Adam Ruins Everything? You've seen the college humor thing? Yeah, I've met that dude. I, I don't really know what we're talking about, but... Do you know, uh, you know college humor? Yeah. I feel like you got I, I like community joke. college humor. Yes. It's a little l- lowbrow. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's, and it's, it's, uh, it's less expensive. Yeah, community college humor. Yeah, the ads it wouldn't be called premium. It would not. No. no, it's just a bunch of Muslim singles and gay cruises. <laughs> like on my channel, thanks, YouTube. Thank you, the most tech-savvy firm in the world. The, the Google doesn't know how to match this channel. They're the Google of Google. <laughs> they still don't know how to do it. The, yeah. <laughs> you know the Cadillac isn't even the Cadillac of Cadillacs anymore? It's true. It's really like, sad. It's the Cadillac of, of mugs. The Cadillac isn't a Cadillac it's, of anything. It's nothing. No. no. It's, it's just a Buick with a coat of paint. It's a good All point. All right. Adam Ruins Everything did a whole segment on student loans. And, you know, we've talked about this with John Oliver. They get to a certain point where it gets kind of lazy. They're, they're really only two points that they drive home in a much longer segment. So we've decided to kind of kind of condense it for you. I do encourage you to go watch the whole video, but um, this is the, let, let's, let's walk through it and, and, and why it's, it's, I would argue, somewhat incorrect. Before 1972, students could get federally backed loans to pay for school, but there weren't enough to go around. But then Richard Nixon created the Student Loan Marketing Association, or as it's known today, Sally May. This system freed up financial institutions to issue more loans, which meant more students could go to college. Seems like a good system. It was, but the party foul began when the government moved to privatize Sally May in the 1990s. A compromise between President Clinton and congressional Republicans cut Sally Sally May loose. Who wants loans, bitches? Often, they're encouraged to take out more loans than they can even afford. College humor. Nice. Do you know anyone in college who would have found this funny? No. no. It's like it's the like epitome of the party projects. death. It's the epitome of the project. They're like, oh, we got a sweet new camera. Let's shoot some really bad stuff. Yes, yeah, exactly. It's the kid who has all the technical stuff together. But I, got, I got a dad joke for you guys. All right. Student loans, more like student groans. We'll cut that. See, the groan was the tag. It was. I appreciate it all. Thank you very much. So, okay. This is, I love how, do you notice right away it starts off with Nixon? And then when he does address, like, oh, okay, something happened. But it was, it was a compromise between Clinton and the Republicans. Right. It's the same thing with John Oliver. Someone said, why do you have to politicize everything when John Oliver talked about, uh, you know, nuclear waste? Because we outlined the timeline. Jimmy Carter, boom, stopped it. Reagan, opened it back up. You look at Obama, stopping Yucca Mountain. It is, it, it, if someone actually stops a repository, if someone actively, their agenda is based entirely on politics, it could not be more relevant. And that's the case here. 
So we've talked about this on the show quite a bit. This is an opportunity to kind of do some remedial. Um, the reason student loans, the reason college is so expensive. So let's go to that first. Let's say a college says, all right, uh, how much can you afford for school? This is a usual transaction. We don't have a middleman, the loans, or same thing with insurance companies. Generally speaking, if you look at sectors of the market where things are very expensive, there's some kind of third party. We hear that, right? Third party insurance. Mm -hmm. Same thing with loans. They're government backed. So if a school comes to you and says, hey, listen, uh, how much can you afford? I can afford $10,000 a year for school. All right, okay, 10000 you agree on it? No, no, someone says, wait, hold on a second, hold on a second. Uh, what if I say 20000 Well, I can't afford it. And the government comes in and says, hold on, we'll make up that 10000 through a scholarship or grant. The school is incentivized to charge more than can be deemed affordable. Matter of fact, for schools that don't do it are just leaving money on the table. It's going to go somewhere. So student loans, they actually incentivize hyperinflation. There's no way for it to be scaled back. They are making something inaffordable. By, but by their very existence. This is something a lot of people don't understand. They want, they want to act as though schools are just, where I come from in Canada, it was free. Technically, McGill is millions of dollars in debt. And I remember there were protests because of a, a tuition hike. And it's mm -hmm. like, it was hiked to like a few hundred dollars in right. Montreal to go to university. It's like, McGill's like, well, we're $86 million in debt. No, <laughs> tuition hike. <laughs> Once you give someone something, it doesn't matter. And the quality no longer matters. So no. this is why the inflation occurs. Something else, there's a big reason why this occurs as well. Something that we need to address. How about government po officials and politicians stop actively encouraging kids to not pay back student loans? <laughs> they run on the platform of debt forgiveness. So you end up with more inflation. Kids start taking on loans they shouldn't for subjects they shouldn't be studying. And then Bernie comes out and says, it's a human right for you to not pay it back. <laughs> no pay back the loan! Yeah, it's a human right to not be held accountable. Yes, exactly. You know what? No, hold on. It's not... It's not a human right to not pay a loan back. You should, you should pay it back. As a matter of fact, Adam ruins everything, does that in this very video. One in four borrowers are behind on their student loans, and over eight million are in default. And here's where it gets really scary. Unlike other types of debt, if you default on a federal student loan, the government can garnish up to 15% of your wages, tax refunds, and social security benefits. In 2010, the government finally cut out middlemen like Sally Mae, but it wasn't enough. Just imagine that in like a uh, like two people, just like one guy's like, you can't go to college, Timmy. Well, I'll give you twenty grand if you go make me proud. If you pay it back one day, and then he's like, okay. And then after, he's just like, now nah, I'm not gonna pay you. Like that's insane. And it's like. <laughs> Okay. Right, it's like 15%, okay. like that's high? Just, yeah, stop Stop telling kids to not pay back loans. <laughs> Let's start with that, Adam Conover. Stop encouraging them. Well, can you believe the government's going to do this? Yeah, it's, it's called yeah. a loan. <laughs> that, that, that then becomes plan A. <laughs> so let me give you an idea for context, because people, how often do you hear like, I just can't pay it back, I'm, I'm burdened with this debt. Okay, the average car loan. The monthly payment is $500. The default rate is 1%. The average student low payment, uh, loan payment is only 280, but the default rate and past 90 days due is over, four, well, it's close to 40%. Wow. So it's not a money thing. No. It's a value thing. It's not, money isn't just, you know, money is, we use it as a tool to place value on whatever goods or services. And at this point, it is significantly less expensive than a car, but you have a degree in women's studies, and guess what? You can't get a job. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a, don't take my car away. Don't take, I'll, I'll pay that, but can't take this away. Yes. <laughs> when Bernie Sanders says that health, that says that student loans and health, everything's a human right, but when he says that students going to college is a human right, 
And then he says, also, by the way, you shouldn't have to pay back. He's incentivizing students to take on huge government-backed loans, which already cause inflation, and not pay them back or default. We can actually see, I think this was on Forbes or Business Insider, it might have been Cato Institute, where um, students will actually bide their time based on a politician's promise if they think, oh, if Hillary wins, I won't have to pay back my loans. <laughs> Kelly like me and guns if, if Trump won. Um, by the way, when, when, when they make college free, if one of these guys gets in, then the, all the, the, the degrees that we spent money on are now meaningless. Right. It's kind of like if you buy a $20,000 car and you're like, you save up and then someone's like, oh, now it's free. And you're like, who's going to pay me back the money? They're like, you're full of hate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I graduated with I'm no Mercedes Benz is a human right. <laughs> I graduated with no debt because I was a janitor. It's like, I wasn't like protesting gravity. <laughs> you know, I was like working and I got a degree in history and that all that does is uh, make me argue with people that don't understand that Nazis were socialists. Yeah, I know. Well, listen, the, the, this political <laughs> spectrum, it changed. There's no longer left to right, Owen. It's a, it's a circle That's and terrible. it's up down. You it's, said you're a history major? Yeah, World War II history major. Speaking of history, uh, here's one thing, too, that they don't, they don't ever offer solutions. This is what really bothers <laughs> yeah. me with John Oliver and Adam Conover. And you've seen this with like a lot of comedians who are also acting as pundits, right? They go, right. Like, this sucks. It's like the cool kid out by the bike racks. Man, can you believe how sucky everything is? Oh, you're so insightful because you're unhappy. You must be, <laughs> you must be sharp. You must be, no, no, no. They offer no solutions whatsoever. Let's see this with, with Adam. But let me tell you about a few things you can do to- Oh, I'm really mean, that's nauseating, oh God. Oh, for once, Adam isn't the barf boy. That was his closer. <laughs> that was the closer to the bit. Was that a callback to a previous barf boy joke? Even then? Still, you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, they don't offer. Okay, so here we will. All right, a couple things. This is what you can do to fix the the, the student loan problem and the the cost of inflation. First off, get get government backed loans out of that business. Okay, with universities. Let's stop making up the inaffordable gap with scholarships and grants for everyone. If you was your, your your buddy Vince in uh, Fred Claus, what are you? You you're Native American? You got some Native American in you? Huh? You got that? You, you probably do. This is America, right? Put it down in your college application. Right. Uncle Sam's done the wiser. <laughs> Baby, just make him a basket right now. Prove that it's you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, okay, government. That's what the government <laughs> Uncle can do. Uncle Sam's not the wiser. Fred Claus is a very underrated Christmas it is. film. Here are a couple things you can do personally. Some we have a lot of students out there watching. We're genuinely this is just this isn't comedy. It's just to help you finish your bachelor's degree. So we talked about how the default rate is approaching forty percent. Uh, only one point one percent of graduates who actually completed their bachelor's degree default. Okay. Uh, here's another one. Don't go to college. Let's start with that. Yeah. Go no to need. a trade school. Lynda.com. Use Bing for all we care. <laughs> the truth is, you don't need to go to university. You don't need to go to school. We've convinced everyone that they need to fit into this box. A lot of people shouldn't. I've never used my degree, and I'm a pretty successful dude. Like the only use for my degree is just drunk at a bar, going, kind of like Charlemagne. <laughs> <laughs> like that's you know you can read now with the internet you can just get a Harvard lecture for free in your ears. Yeah, it, it is it is remarkable. You have the best of everything at your fingertips, but people are talking about how there's a gap that's never existed before. You have the same phone as Simon Cowell. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. So forget about the college experience. Go to a community college. There are community colleges out there with four-year degrees. So forget about four years of alcoholism. Live at home. Save some money. Finally, don't get a major in something stupid. If you finish your bachelor's degree and you don't get a major, these are actual majors like bagpiping, dance therapy, 
puppetry, <laughs> gender studies, women's studies. I thought they were one and the same. How to win a beauty pageant, feminist theory for a heated planet. If you finish your degree and it's an actual degree that can be used as a thing in the world around you, you're most likely going to be okay. You won't default. Also, if you don't know what you want to do, don't go to school. Figure it out. Work. Maybe travel. Maybe go to a trade school. Look into a community college. Don't buy into the myth. It, isn't it a brilliant system when you think about this? And this is, they never really question this premise with Adam Ruins Everything, to tell everybody that let's create an educational system, first off, that is entirely left. You see what's happening at Berkeley right now. BAM is going to protest the march against Marxism. They're going to protest the march against Marxism. So this is how far we've gone. Ban all conservative speakers. Ban all diversity of thought and opinions on public campus. And then, of course, you still have it in high school and public schools. You ban anything that's even remotely contrarian in terms of point of view. You put people through this little indoctrination factory, and then you run on the platform that it's a human right, and anyone who's already gone through it and has some debt, you are going to liberate them of it by absolving them of student loans. It's a brilliant ploy. It's, like, it's, it's, an, it's the ultimate so Ponzi funny. scheme. Well, I majored in uh, feminist theory for a cooling planet <laughs> so like I, I it turns out i picked the wrong one according to al gore or whatnot yeah well that was back when leonard nimoy was still talking about the cooling planet if you go back and watch it they, yeah. they taught a whole course you know what it is it just so parallels liberalism i mean there are plenty of jobs out there that you legitimately need a degree for to to right. do but there's so many jobs you don't and it just it's, it parallels liberalism and that tells you you need this to be successful you need the piece right. of paper spend a lot, bunch of money you need the government to come and give you a bunch of money so yeah. you can be successful instead <laughs> of just saying hey i'm gonna work really hard and be really good at this there's so many people who are successful coming up successful they, they don't, don't believe think, in the american no. dream they believe that they believe that anyone who's part of the one percent which by the way is joint in household income i think of like 300 something thousand dollars okay that's the top one percent um they believe anyone in the top one percent was born into it or lucked yeah in into it and they don't deserve that. And it still doesn't work because they don't teach you in school. Guess what? If you taxed every single cent over a million dollars earned in this country, it still wouldn't even be close to enough. So I don't know, get a, get, get a math degree, but I don't think they're teaching you about this in school. Hey, we have to be back here. We'll come back. We'll have Owen. No, well, go ahead. a tidbit though. Okay, go ahead. There is no top 1%. That's a, that's a sliding thing. Like I, I think 20% of the population at some point will be in the top 1%. It's a percentile, not like this group of cabal people that, that went to Brown. Well, no, it's the Illuminati meeting on Tuesdays. That's a good point. You missed it. They have a, oh, I've been going on Thursdays. Yeah, I know. That's what you, you missed. Cooling something. planet feminism. Yeah, they get Quiznos on Tuesdays. All right, we'll be back with Dennis Prager and then Sargon of Akkad. Stay tuned. Yeah. Viewer discretion is advised. Bad girls, what you want, what you want, what you want to do when they, when they show them to come for you. Bad girls, bad girls, what you gonna do, what you gonna do when they come for you. Bad girls, bad girls, what you gonna do, what you gonna do when they come for you. Feminist Cops is filmed on location with the brave, strong women of law enforcement. All suspects are innocent until proven guilty in a court of law. Alright guys, well I hope you all have learned a lot today. Just remember, if you stay away from drugs like crack cocaine, stay away from alcohol, and stay in school and work really hard, you can do anything. A lot of people told me I wouldn't be able to make it as a police officer, all because I'm a woman. And because I'm weaker and it's a male-dominated profession. But I persevered and here I am. So you'd be hard pressed to find anyone who wouldn't tell you I'm just as good as any male police officer. Any questions? Yes, Jack? 
How much can you bench? Bad girls, bad girls, what you gonna do? What you gonna do when they go for you? All right, song about a bunny that ran away. I don't know, it's not necessarily appropriate, but I will say this, uh, my one of my favorite guests, period, on the show, you it's know great. him, you can follow him on the Twitter, at Dennis Prager, Prager University, amazing videos, he just did one recently, that's fantastic. Dennis Prager Radio, Mr. Prager, thank you for being here, sir. You know, you're one of my favorite hosts. Thank you very and much. guests, and presenters at Prager University. <laughs> Thank you very much. Well, we might be doing another one. We just need to work out the times, hopefully, for uh, in, in time for the Indigenous Peoples Day, because oh. we've already gotten the death threats on that. We did one similar on the myths surrounding Thanksgiving and the pilgrims. That was dark. Yeah, that was a dark a, video. people got really mad. They really were stunned at the idea of uh, the smallpox blankets uh, before we even understood germ theory. Biological warfare, advanced, didn't even know what germs were. So... These kinds of myths and more debunked at Prager University. Debunked. Um, all right, Mr. Prager, you yeah. talked about this on your Ultimate Issues Hour. And, uh, and then I want to get into I know you're writing a new book, and maybe you can tease some of it for us. But you asked people, you said, what do you value more, security or freedom? And you said it's really telling as to how someone lines up in a worldview. I thought that was really interesting because that's kind of, you know, we have a much wider spectrum on the right right now. You have libertarians who value uh, freedom way more than security. And then you kind of have more, they use the term neocons, war hawks, who obviously value security more. Um, explain to the audience why you think this is such an important question and what well, their answer means. I, I, I the, they're really, it's a very, very fine line, but a very important one. It wasn't really security that I was using, and okay. it's totally understandable that that's the word you would use. It was being taken care of. Yes. The security freedom issue is a very complex one. I am prepared to give up some freedom to have a safer flight. That I allow people to check my bags. I am giving up the freedom of taking on whatever I want in order to be more secure on my flight. So the security freedom issue is a complex one. The, 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 the much, much, much harder one is, uh, and the one that is killing us, is that I believe more people rather be taken care of than be free. They rather have their health, their food, their, their shelter, their education, everything taken care of by society than to be free to fail, free to have to earn the insurance to pay for my education or the tuition to pay for my education, the insurance to pay for my health, et cetera. Right. Well, That's the issue. Yes, and I bungled it right away because I think a big part of it is the only real debate among conservatives or the right wing is, okay, the sliding scale of freedom and security. For us, we, we, right. we don't ever assume that it's the government's job to absolve us of student loans or provide us with free insurance. Uh, but this is how far we've gotten where people uh, just, they just claim commodities as rights. I mean, I mean, actual commodities and economic commodities, just it's a right. And we just talked about this earlier with the, the student loan crisis. Big government created it. And you have people like Bernie going out there basically saying, hey, if you vote us in, we're going to forgive your student loan debt. We actually see that determines economic behavior. This question you asked, if they value being taken care of more, they'll bide their time and go into default, hoping someone will take care of them. That's right. And well, the it's so bad, it's almost impossible to overstate the uh, the notion that I am owed 
rather than I have to earn mm -hmm. is producing a uh, the antithesis of the American Revolution. The American Revolution was a revolution, not just in the normal sense, we revolted against Britain. It, it was a revolution of human understanding that liberty is more important than being taken care of. And I don't know if it will survive. I am 50-50. I, am I think the left may well prevail. The left does not value the notion of you must earn what you get to make you happy. They believe others can make you happy. You are not obligated to take care of yourself. You are not obligated to take care of a family or a community. The state will do it all. You're, you have no obligations. It is like my son at 10 getting a trophy, even though his team came in last place. He did not have to earn a trophy. Earn is the dirtiest word in the left's vocabulary. <laughs> well, earn and uh, wealthy. So which, if, to them, sometimes are interchangeable. Well, they go together, yeah. Yeah, the wealthiest 1%. And then, well, what, what, is that? what if it comes down to uh, the 1% don't make so much? Well, we'll go 0.1%. We'll shift, we'll move the goalposts <laughs> when we need to. But it's perfect that you bring that up because, you know, in its purest form, uh, a, a monarchy is the concept of give unto us a king, someone who will take care of you. That's really the extreme right. example. The the left wants a monarchy, it's just not called king. It's right. called prime minister, it's called president, but it's the state. They don't care about prime minister, president. The state, the, the, the Democratic Party at its convention announced, we have a recording of it, I was there. The, the only thing all Americans have in common is the government. <laughs> yeah, not, not a personal ambition, responsibility. No, no. <laughs> or, or being American. Being, or being American. No. Well, they don't want people here who are Americans. They want people who are not Americans to reap the and, benefits of America. Well, and they want Americans not to feel American. Good point. You, you, you are whatever your hyphenation is. This is true. And then there are half Canadians like me, and um, there's no place for us. Nobody wants us. But I, I wanted to transition to Give Unto Us a King because you, you've talked about how you're writing the most important book, uh, you say possibly that you've ever written, regarding the first five books of the Old Testament. Um, explain for us, because a lot of the questions that came in when we said, hey, what questions do you have for Dennis Prager? A lot of them were based on, well, wh what does he say about this idea of religion being the cause of all wars or some questions about how violent the God of the Old Testament is? So it ties in perfectly with what you're writing about. I'd, I'd love to, to hear more about it. Well, those questions, I, I love them. I do, and I'm not being sarcastic. <laughs> I, do. I do love them. That's exactly, those are the people, they're the ones who, com who persuaded me that I had to write this. The Bible is the greatest book ever written. It is the basis of Western civilization. Atheists who are honest understand this. With the only civilization in history to abolish slavery was Western civilization by Christians, and I'm, not, I'm a Jew saying this, by Christians who read the, the Bible and said, God wants us to be free. Right. That's Hold, no on, one, hold on one second. Did, was there a spider? There was a spider coming down right in front of me. I about so lost my, my, my producer mind. is freaking out, losing his mind. <laughs> so there was a spider, spider. a spider that came down. I just see him. I <laughs> that is so funny. I know. But <laughs> Lord. He, the world is divided between those who couldn't care less about spiders. I'm in that group. And the world <laughs> like your producer. But my, I have a stepson. If he sees a spider, and, and he's a, he's a gung-ho macho guy. He sees a spider. And it's over. My wife carries them outside. 
Yeah, you know, it's funny. My wife is that way too, but she's terrified of snakes. But I, I, I still justify it's not a phobia because they are murderers. They're the world's littlest See, I, murderers. I'm, I'm terrified by leftists. Well, there you go. That's <laughs> much more recent. Everybody has a terror. Yes, yes. They too, certainly as an ideology, they too are murderers. So, um, okay, we were just talking about this earlier this week, actually. So I wanted to talk about this with the Old Testament because uh, obviously there's, there's, there are literal portions of the Old Testament and then some people, there's kind of arguments over, you know, what's allegorical, what's parable. Are you going to cover this uh, in your every book? One, every, every, take God as violent, okay? Okay. So take that as an example. So he destroyed, I mean, whether you take it literally or not, we have to take the story for what it is. Sure. The statement that God is violent is based on the story. So let's take the story seriously. So God destroys the world because human beings are evil. Right. And he saves one family because the man of that family, Noah, was a good man. That's This is not me. This is what is written in the Bible. I am a 100% defender of God's decision. God wants us to be good to each other. If the whole world descends into violence and rape and torture, goodbye, we're going to start again. I want goodness. I didn't create you people to kill and torture and rape each other. I created you to be good to each other. I love the God who had a flood. <laughs> I guess basically at that point, if the whole world is Syria, ah, you, yes. you hit the reset button. Yes, and the key is this. Every civilization had a flood story. Every single one. From the Aborigines in Australia to, to, to the Incas. Everyone had one. It's God's yeah. mulligan. Only, only the Old Testament story says that God saved somebody because he was good. Right. In other cases, because he was handsome, because he was wealthy, but never because he was good. So that goes into the, yeah, it's the hit the reset. You pull out the game cartridge, blow on it a couple times, yes. put it back in. Now, would that lend itself to people saying, okay, so it's not a historical event then. That's a parable because it's found across all religions. It doesn't matter to me. What's the difference if it's parable or historical? The point is, what do I learn? Torah, which is the first five books of the Bible, means teacher. Right. So that's what matters. I want to know what I learned from it. I don't care if you take it literally or not. I care if you take the lessons literally. Right. That's a good point. By the way, I didn't use the word Torah because most of our audience are Gentiles. So it, I know filthy, that, and that's why I explained it. I appreciate it. Gentiles. This, this is written for the non-Jew. This is written for the atheist. This is written. It's The title is The Rational Bible. Yeah. And it's different volumes. The first volume is coming out in April uh, on the second book called Exodus. We were debating over whether, uh, and this is because I, I think he was a, a mongoloid, Samson. I don't know how you give an exact tip to a lady who you're sleeping with as to how to remove your strength. It just so happens to happen accidentally the very next morning, two times in a row. Then you give her the real trick. H help me with that one. Well, nobody said he was bright. Okay. <laughs> he was the first bro, the first meathead. Yes. <laughs> uh, I guess, uh, you know, that's it. I was just By the way, you see, I'm very real. That's the reason I believe this could really turn people's minds around. I'm very real. For example, all of the, all of the families of the first book, Genesis, mm -hmm. all of the families, Adam and Eve, of, uh, of Noah, of Abraham, of Isaac, of Jacob, of Joseph, all the families are dysfunctional, every single one. And I am convinced it is the Bible's way of saying, listen, this is the norm. Right. 
That's a good that's a good point. Sometimes people skim through a lot of this. You're like, oh, there's a lot of begetting or oh, I don't know, you need to know about how long this beam was and the cherubim. We don't it doesn't matter anymore. You're going, Hold on. These are some why is there uh. such specificity in these? And sometimes when you do some more research with the Bible, here's how I kind of explain it to people. It's and I had a pastor explain it to me this way. Uh, Let's say we're both at a football game or baseball game. You're you're a big baseball fan, if I'm not mistaken. I don't hockey, like, hockey in first. Okay, you, okay, there first. you go. Oh, hockey. See, I know hockey more. I don't know anything about baseball. But uh, okay. let's say we're at a baseball game. We can both be at a game, so we're both reading the Bible, and I can be enjoying the baseball game. It doesn't mean that I don't appreciate what the baseball game is, but right. you are appreciating it on an entirely different level. We're both right. watching the same thing, but it's a different experience because mm -hmm. of your understanding of the game. And right. that's how that's I look correct. at the Bible. Right. That's a very, very good analogy, because the guy who the more, you know, the more you enjoy the game. Oh, is he going to pitch a changeup or a fastball on three and two? But yeah. to the to the average person watching, nothing I just asked makes any sense. No, it looks like nothing happens until someone gets mad and they <laughs> rush the pitcher's mound and they do this. That's for hockey play hockey players. We watch it. We're like they rush and they just the way they fight in baseball. Just just break it up out of embarrassment. <laughs> okay, let's let's bring this back around then because I, I, going back to this idea of being taken care of or freedom. You know, a lot of uh, leftists, and we've talked about this, Jared, that younger liberals, a lot of them say, well, Jesus was really the first sort of social justice guy yeah. uh, because effectively they think of him as a hippie who couch surfed. They think of him as a glorified Bernie Sanders, ignore his verses on taxes. <laughs> so they've tried to say, you know, really Christians should be socialists. That's the system if you take, so if we look at the Torah, we look at the God of the Old Testament, um, is this a God who has any commentary at all on freedom versus being taken care of? Does he have a preference, and how do we uh, how do we uh, justify well, that? The, yes, first of all, you're supposed to take care of yourself, and you're supposed to take care of your family and your community. There isn't one suggestion that the state is supposed to do these things. Now, I admit a lot of this is pre-state, but but it doesn't even hint at the idea that outsiders take care of you. You obviously must take care of people who have no one to take care of themselves. But I'll give you one classic example of the Bible versus liberalism or versus leftism. And that is the law. It is a law twice in Exodus and Deuteronomy. You may not favor the poor man in court. Hmm. It's a law. Yeah. So we should go beat up the poor. Justice, justice trumps compassion. Yes, that's a very good point. True. Well, I would say even beyond justice, justice is, uh, is, is a byproduct of truth. Right, truth That's right. supersedes compassion. That's correct. Truth trumps compassion. If, if 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 Bill Gates is in your courtroom and a homeless man, you don't give a hoot about that. Only you rule on what is just. That society should take care of the homeless guy is a separate issue of what you should do as a judge. And isn't that remarkable? Because it just goes to show you that the social justice leftist mindset truly is, if let's assume that you believe in God of any kind, it is anti-God. It is, you need to take into consideration the circumstance. What if the guy comes from a poor household? What if he didn't have a bus pass? What if he was really hungry when he mugged this person? Yeah. It, it, it cannot be blind justice. And the more, that's why I say, the more you read about it, the more you understand it, the more these realizations come. Um, yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's like these social justice Christians are Take it one step further. They, they misread the entire Bible. They misread, yeah. give unto Caesar what is Caesar's. Caesar wants half. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. He, they think it's, uh, give, give it 
all to Caesar. Give it all yeah, to Caesar. Yeah, he'll fix your problems. He'll, he'll take fix care your of problems. us. Yeah. That's right. That's Give, right. And Caesar is Bernie in their mind. Okay, final question. Someone asked it. We had a few. Uh, when did your hair go white? <laughs> you know, that is hilarious that if I actually have an answer now. Okay. I wouldn't have had it yesterday. So, <laughs> really? I, I'll tell you why. Okay. Powerline, that great blog, Powerline, yeah. for, for reasons I have no idea, just said, you know what? I was just watching this Prager video from 1992 uh, or 96, somewhere in the 90s. And it, it is great. People should watch it. I, I, it's called For Goodness Sake. And uh, it, it's uh, it, it's about the, the the nonsense about diversity and multiculturalism. And I did it with Larry Elder, yeah. uh, my, my colleague and friend. And we're both, you know, we're both 25 years younger, whatever it is. And I looked at me and I go, wow, it's gray and white. It's not all white. Okay. So I must have gone all white in the last 15 years Did you for whatever that's worth. But I was I, I lost my brown hair at 30. OK, you know, I, I will say this, and this is totally anecdotal. It seems to me that it, you kind of have a choice. If you gray early, you keep your hair, but you don't. Oh, tend to that's lose it. interesting. Yeah, that's interesting. I have no idea if that's correct, but it's interesting. I hope it's correct because I'm getting a little Mr. Fantastic <laughs> yeah, going on here. That's, that's what I tell myself when I look <laughs> in the mirror. I go, I'm not going to just ferment it because I don't want to curse myself. I'll, I'll keep the gray. Uh, all right. Mr. Prager, Prager University has a great video out recently uh, there that I recommend everybody watch. We'll look when you have this book, when it releases, will you please come on the show and we can talk about it more? Uh, it's my favorite subject outside of classical music, religion and classical music. Absolutely. At Dennis Prager. Mr. Prager, thank you so much. We must go. We have Sargon of a Cat up next. Oh, student history. Home Body Break with Steven Crowder and Not Gay Jerry. Summer is a great time to use the pool and cool off, but it's not for everyone. I'm not a confident swimmer. And that's why there are a few key safety tips you have to follow first before you take part in your summer refreshment. Hey, Jared, how much time do we have? Proper flotation yep. devices uh, and a positive attitude go I have to take a long it. way to ensure. Gavin, Gavin, listen, uh, I, I'm, I'm live on air. I know what you want to. Trust me, and CRTV is the place the you want to be. Give me two weeks. I just have some people here I have to talk with to finalize it. It's where you want to go. I like CRTV. Um, the ball, the wall is, uh, the, the ball's in motion. I've been dealing with this for a long time. I got a group of, uh, very interesting people, and it's much more mainstream thing than you think. It's the opposite of everything. No, no, Gavin, Gavin, here's the thing, Gavin, I understand, I understand, trust me, CRT, we have some big names coming in. I can't tell you about them now. Everyone's keen on you. The View just, they locked down. When have you ever seen a, a permanent male host in The View? They just lock you down and don't use you. Just don't, it's, it's, a, it's a crap contract. Sponsored by Mug Club. Join today Why? at louderandbrighter.com slash You told me about The View. I know that it's about The View. No, I never said anything about The View. I said, a, a group of ladies. Of I, I said a mainstream Papa, show. Yeah. Gavin, I don't. Gavin, call, call it intuition, but listen, just it's they're not. It's not a real thing. You know, they did it with Terry Crews. They don't actually have male hosts. Trust me, CRT is super interested. We're building a huge lineup right now. I just need to. I read between the lines. Dude, thirty seconds. Okay, I gotta get. I gotta get going. Okay, well, I'm not. I'm not saying it's the view. 
Uh, what? I do have a lot of respect for Whoopi. I wish that you know, had it. Gavin, it's Whoopi. Where'd you get it? It's Whoopi. You don't even watch it. It's Whoopi. Don't go somewhere you don't watch it. AR15.com. They have AR15 and it's going with them for sale. Okay. I'm going with Gavin, I've got to go. It's Whoopi. Just give me two weeks of CRTV. Two weeks of CRTV. That's the best place to go, and that's the takeaway because this commercial's about to stop. Yeah, so I got a great song for you, Stephen. This is called Fight for Freedom. Sp uh, sponsored by... Uh, oh, it's uh, sponsored by something called the Mug Club. Yeah, Mug Club. Sponsored by Mug. Good. Go. Good to go. I believe in freedom and I'll fight to keep us free. When fascists want to hang with me, I say nah. But I can't fight alone. So I went on Craigslist And I found a group called Antifa They offered a hundred bucks a day To join the No Hate Parade Spreading love and fighting hate is our task We stand tall, we are proud But it's kinda weird that for some reason we all wear masks there's no place for violence here in the usa and to teach that i'll punch you right in your face now that i say that out loud it sounds very confusing we fight racism by hating the white race. That also doesn't make sense. I'm starting to think we might be the bad guys. I'm starting to think Antifa is one large lie. I'm pretty sure that we are the bad guys. A cop shot me in the weenus with a rubber bullet and I started to cry. We stand for the freedom to speak your mind, freedom of speech. Unless we kind of disagree at all, then we'll hit you with a bike lock. Uh, it's kind of weird that we were the ones spray painting all those swastikas. And I also hit a random guy for no reason with a lock. I'm now completely sure that we are the bad guys. We are blatantly a bunch of thugs. It's not my fault, I'm dumb, and I had real bad parents. And I do a lot of drugs. I can't believe I just admitted to like four felonies. Yeah, that's imprudent. Yeah, man, I think Antifa is, uh, was a horrible call. I now see why we wear the masks. Oh, we want to cut this. Maybe this didn't make. Yeah, I don't want this to be, I don't want this to see the I light of day. I attached to it. Let's just X that one. I'm really sorry, man. I think I've made a horrible shut, mistake. Shut up. Hello, Lada with Crowd of Viewers. Hopper here. Don't forget that you can listen to the, the podcast on the go on iTunes and SoundCloud. Uh, in the audio, you can download it. 
and you can listen at your leisure. <laughs> Next guest, I was just looking at him longingly right here as I get to see him over the web. We were talking during the break. He's gotten into alone. mountain climbing, like rock climbing, but indoors. You know him, Sargon Avocad on YouTube, banned from Twitter. We'll talk about that. Uh, so you're, you're doing you're doing the indoor rock climbing. You don't get the the, the snuggy where people can look up at your, your package. It doesn't bother you? I don't mind people looking at my package. Why? It's Why true. would I? Yeah, I guess that's a good point. If you if you got it, <laughs> flaunt it. Uh, now, is there? Do you have a place you go regularly, like near you? This is like, do you yeah, yeah. There's a there's a place in Swindon called uh, I think it's called Rockstar Climbing. It's really good. So there's a free plug. They're not they're not paying me for that, but I'll get them to. And now all the terrorists can find out exactly where you are. Oh, he's oh, well, near thanks. Rockstar Climbing. I get it now. Plus, I can see his package. <laughs> so, Sargon, you. What's the story here? Every time we have you on, you're kicked out of some place or banned, and now you're saying you're not suspended, you're banned from Twitter, like, permanently? Yeah, uh, I am, um, I I got into arguments with the alt-right, and okay. uh, I was I was just explaining to them that the Holocaust happened, that Nazism is bad, and for Propaganda, some reason, Jack kinda. Dorsey decided to permanently ban me from Twitter for targeted harassment of the alt-right. Not sure why. I, I'm, I'm amazed that they're so sympathetic to the alt-right, and, uh, but what are you going to do? Wait, you got... You might be the only person in the history of mankind to get banned from Twitter for offending the alt-right. How does this <laughs> There's got to be more to the story. Did you send them naked pictures or something? Not this time. No. <laughs> That's right. I remember that a while ago. Um, so, I, I, okay. I, I, I hate to call BS on it because I don't, I don't... know what I did. What did you... Like, what's the worst thing you did? Go through your rental Rolodex. What's the worst thing you well, did to the alt-right? Nothing. I was just I was just arguing their points with them and just, you know, refuting them, basically. I honestly have no idea why I was suspended. I think I was just basically on a list of wrong thinkers. Uh, and I it's any excuse to get rid of me, really. Is there any, is there any recourse that you can? Is there a process? No. You can go through? You're just <laughs> no, gone. It's, yeah, yeah, just gone. But it's fine. I'm actually on uh, Gab.ai now, which I'm preferring just because it's not full of annoying SJWs. Yeah, but they so, also uh, they they were banned from the the uh, the Android app, I think, right? Library. Yeah, they, was it? Uh, no, it was Apple iOS, wasn't it? It was I, one of the two. Yeah, the, the, the Apple Store or something. But yeah, and and it seems remarkably unfair. There was a, an article in the Times, which is a, a prestigious newspaper over here, calling it a far right website. And it's it's like no, they're just they're a neutral free speech Twitter alternative, and because they don't censor well anyone, people from the right and far right tend to use it, and so they're calling it a far right app. And Gab are like we're we're not politically aligned with anything. Yeah. But the thing is, the the, the weird thing about that is, is they may as well just be saying that Twitter is the far left app. You know, it's it's for yeah. people who are on the left with the right opinions, and it's not for you if you're not part of that. It's it's weird declaring like a political affiliation for what you would think would just be a neutral platform. But it is you know, bizarre. It's bizarre too. Do you find because we were talking about before Donald Trump made the moral equivalency though, but we were talking about Antifa and sort of the alt right. How if you look at these wings of the political spectrum, they come back where they have the same solution. It almost always comes back to centralized government. Do you feel like it's the same online a little bit with the tactics and the flagging? Because I've had that come from both sides too. 
Oh yes, but uh, they, I tell you, it's interesting you uh, you mentioned Antifa and the alt right because I've been I've been doing a lot of uh, research and reading into what they are, and uh, I've been informed reliably that almost everyone is a Nazi these days. And my my copy of Mein Kampf actually arrived today, oh, so uh, I'll be a, a full fledged Nazi by the end of the week. But no, seriously though, like, this this actually really annoys <laughs> me. That's what happens. You put it next to your bedside, you put it in a drawer, and you wake up with the little stash. I don't know what it is. Well, if it stimulates I was the follicles, my pillow. It's it, it says on the back, it, for best results, put under pillow and just have a good eight hours. Yes. So, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Look, I, I, what, what really annoys me about all of this, right, is, and this this just is the very sort of fundamental root of difference between the alt-right and the, I guess, alt-left, the anti-far chaps, and people who consider themselves to be like English liberals, centre-left or centre-right. Right? Mm -hmm. the, the fundamental point of difference is it's two competing and diametrically opposed philosophies. One is a collectivist philosophy, one is an individualist philosophy. There is a reason that like English speaking countries didn't produce dictators. You know, the, these collectivist ideologies, they are very similar. And I mean, I, I've been reading uh, a bit of objectivism, but it, Hayek also says this in The Road to Serfdom. It's easy to see the flip between communists and Nazis, many of them in Weimar Germany. They used to basically just switch between parties, depending on who was successful at the time. Right. And it's because they basically buy into the same philosophy, the idea that the group is more important than the individual, whereas English speakers don't think that. The, the English philosophies are completely different, and that, that's the basis of like the you know the founding fathers, the Enlightenment values yes, that America exactly. was based on. Completely and, and, the opposite of the continental philosophies. So to call like you know like an English liberal, which is effectively what both of us are, even if we're slightly more left or right either way, right? We're effectively both English liberals. Liberals to to call us Nazis is just really stupid. Yeah, it's just wrong. Well, it's, I mean, it's also why the left gets so mad Nazis and they say the Nazis are far right wing when, like you said, it was interchangeable. Uh, they don't believe yeah. in the in, in individualism. Nazis believed in collectivism. <laughs> That's the thing. People say, well, right, left. It's a it's a vertical spectrum. Hold on a second. I get that people don't like labels, but at some point we do have to have a reference point. Like you said, if you mm -hmm. use the term English, even if you're using the term English liberals, we're using terminology. We're using a label to try and create some kind of generalization. And the fundamental difference and why I classify Nazis as absolutely a portion of the far left is when you look at this idea of collectivism and centralized power giving that up. We can argue about the terminology in Europe and in Germany, but I see that same thing now with Antifa. Right, Everything is socialized healthcare, socialized government, free student loan. They'll fix it. And then if you look at the the extreme sect of the alt-right, not all alt-right, but the racist portion, the sort of white supremacist. The, the neo-Nazi side. Yes, yeah, the, that there, side. There definitely is. There, there is, yeah, there's definitely a distinction between the people who are white identitarians, which is not something I agree with either. Right. Um, I'm opposed to identity politics of all forms. Um, the white identitarians, who are basically like the black, like, they're, the, they're chaps running around chanting white lives matter. Yeah. And then you've got the, the neo-Nazi types who turn up with the swastika. Um, there, there is definitely a distinction and it's it's worth making that distinction although i will say white identitarians still do meet antifa with the extreme left in the sense that if you look at a lot of their oh, philosophy yeah. it's well if we got rid of people who were you know they see them effectively as succubus as identifying people by race if we got rid of them we could do socialized health care our economic system would work look at denmark look at all white societies that's how a lot of these people argue and that is not right wing at all no, it's 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 not right wing, and I, I'm not right wing either. No, you know? I mean this this is just in case anyone doesn't know. I'm not a, I'm centre left. Right. Um, but yeah, no the. 
so, socialization is is not generally considered to be a right wing uh, set of politics. Right. And th there's a reason that if you look like uh, the political compasses, they they put the Nazis in the authoritarian center, crossing mm -hmm. the margin, because they they have like more nationalist views, which are considered right wing. But yeah. then they also have more socialized. Um, economic policies yeah. which are obviously more left wing um, but the the thing about it is it's amazing how they are they they agree on the, the basic fundamental set of principles we should be racial collectivists and I'm not any kind of collectivist and if I was going to be a collectivist it certainly wouldn't be based on race it's <laughs> right. the most strange and arbitrary thing to base anything on, really. I, I just don't care about someone's race. Right. But they really do. I mean, you, you know, look at, like, any of the progressives these days. Well, they, I think it's a reaction will... to the, the fake colorblindness, you know what I mean? To not recognize racial differences, like gender differences. And then they go the other way and say, therefore, one race is better than the other. It's that pendulum swinging so fast left and right here in the United States, anyway. I don't know, you know, in the Europe, you kind of have left and more left. Um, let, let me ask this, because we don't have a ton of time. W where do you, sure. you know you it depends on the week could be facebook we were talking about this not Jared, he was he's here i don't i don't know if he's still alive uh facebook one week youtube the next week twitter the the, the following week w yeah. what do you think the f the future is here because someone like you you're very reliant on it patreon booted someone i mean are are you are you scared if you're being honest sometimes i'm i'm not going to lie i wake up every morning and i check to see if my youtube channel is still there because <laughs> i don't know whether the, today's the day yeah so, i mean you know I, I make videos criticizing the regressive left and I've, i i make videos criticizing the nazis right. and i i just don't know who i'm going to piss off uh, this time but yeah it, honestly i think eventually it's going to end up with um, ghettoized uh, and politically ghettoized services yeah. where they will literally say, well, if you believe certain things, you can't use our service. I mean, I, I find that really crazy. You know, I mean, It's insane that you were beliefs. kicked off because you offended the alt-right. So. I've never what, seen it before. Well, because we talked about this. Remember the, the, the alt-right, the Daily Storm people did uh -huh. fake yeah. memes of me saying, gas the Jews, tattoos with swastikas, which were fake. And I said, hey, you know, this isn't true. And Twitter said, nah. Nah, no problem. I just don't understand the standards. Do you know I, th this? This really annoys me as well, right? Because um, I, I the the last time I pissed off the alt right, uh, some of the um, really neo-Nazi types decided they were going to get their revenge by you know you can fake Twitter DMs really easily. Yeah. They, they'd faked a bunch of Twitter DMs. Me asking a friend of mine, someone who's also left wing, uh, if he had any child porn that I could tweet at the alt right, and I'm just sort of thinking. My face is attached to my Twitter account. Yeah. As if, I mean, in what universe is that likely to be real, you know? Right. And yet Twitter suspended me on the basis of these fake DMs. And I had to make a video tagging Jack Dorsey in the title saying, Jack, do you think that's like, I mean, you, you have access to my DMs, Jack. Right. Go through my DMs and check you lunatic well you know it's you funny know? it's on the flip side someone faked dms for me and i sent it to twitter again i'm not someone who does flagging <laughs> campaigns like hey i didn't ask for this tranny's picture you know this it was someone I know this. you know exactly it I was a transgender this. who was offended that they were going to be on the show got a little bit crazy and so this this transgender person uh was like hey do you want to see pictures of me and i responded i'm good and then she's like, are you sure? I'm like, I don't think my wife would like that very much. And then releasing these DMs going, oh, look. And it says like me, like, I want to see pictures. And she's like, no, 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 I, <laughs> I cannot. And I sent it to Twitter. They're like, no, that's cool. There's no problem with that. So Also for like, for Sargon, couldn't, couldn't you just like look up porn to tweet people? Like, why would you need to DM somebody? You need to, to DM like, somebody like, that assumes he doesn't I, even know, know how to use Google. The, 
Well, the, the, this is the thing. Like the this the theoretical story in these fake DMs, it's it's just so full of holes. It's like Jack, you can't have looked at that and gone, yeah, that's probably real. Well, I don't I think mean, you looked at it. I think someone at Twitter looked at it, and then Jack just decided to sign off on it. Uh, Here's the truth yeah. too, though. This just points out that there's so many more commonalities between the alt right and the alt left than the, the it's free speech. Oh, you, they, they you, both hate free speech. They both hate free speech. They, so they, you know they yeah. probably just flagged the hell out of you, just like they did for anybody else they oh, don't yeah. like, just like the yeah. left does, Yeah, just waiting for you to get banned. So it's just just yeah. more, more this is, parallels. This is what happens when you say, what has the Constitution gotten you? It doesn't preserve exactly. anything. It's all about identity. And now you have oh, the left identity the, politics and the right, and there's no principled backbone. And so it's a free-for-all of just shutting down voices, and it's horrible. Both, both of these groups fundamentally reject the premises that of the Enlightenment. They, they reject the idea of objectivity they reject they reject the idea of individual rights they re, i mean and that's human rights in general that right. they reject they they just do not think these things are worth anything because they're striving for a utopian goal and a utopian situation where eventually will have killed enough people to finally enter the promised land and it's like yeah. I, I hate to break this to you guys but there is no promised land there is no utopia and you can't kill anyone to get there the fact that you start killing and you eventually realize you're just on top of a pile of bodies you know the, these continental philosophies are frankly dangerous and history shows this sounds like hate speech i think we should ban him we won't make this interview this interview won't go public on nope. youtube this will never make air <laughs> sargon of akkad on youtube you can google him still find him while he's there he said he was there on gab uh, Sargon, thanks so much for being here, man. Keep us posted. Anytime. I'll see if I can pull any strings, but they hate me too at Twitter. Yeah, you, you'll probably... for the adventures of the White Privilege Boy. Hey, buddies, what do you want to do today? You, you want to go down to the arcade and play pinball? No. 
I know. How about we play uh, hide and seek? We did that last week. I know. Want to take our accurate to replica BB guns and commit an armed robbery? Yeah, yeah that sounds no, that good. sounds fun. Let's do it. All right, let's do it. Yeah. What can I do you for? Well, Mr. MacArthur, you can start by giving us everything in the cash register. Well, golly, is that a firearm you're pointing at me there? Yeah. yeah. You know it. I'm very disappointed in you boys. We don't care. Empty it out. Yeah, yeah, empty it out. Empty it out, man. Oh, I suppose boys will be boys. I'm going to have to call the sheriff, you know, but you've got me for now. Go ahead. Take everything. Thanks, Mr. MacArthur. Thanks. thanks. Pistol whip him. Oh, all right. Now, that's one for you. That's one for you. Go ahead. Take some Bazooka Joe and get out of here, you rascals. Did you see the look on Mr. MacArthur's face? Yeah, he didn't know what hit him. That was awesome. Oh, darn it, there's Officer Jenkins. Oh, no, what do we do? I know. Let's run into that alleyway. Oh, shoot, it's a dead end. Oh, god darn it. Now, boys, have you three been up to no good? I don't know what you're talking about, Officer Jenkins. Well, I've been getting some phone calls. Does Mr. MacArthur ring a bell? All right, guys, run. I got this. I still have my BB gun. Oh, Timmy, I'm disappointed. You know you're not supposed to aim a loaded firearm at an officer. Yeah? What are you going to do about it, Officer Jenkins? I tell you what I'm going to do to you, Timmy. First, you're going to put the loaded firearm down. I'm going to have to call your mother. But first, we'll go grab an ice cream cone and talk about it. What do you say? Okay. Can I ride in the front of the paddy wagon? Oh, Timmy. Usually that's not allowed, but since you're white... Oh, those boys! What pickle will they find themselves in next? Stay tuned for next week's installment of Adventures of the White Privilege Boys. And now listen to this. That's called the semi-gorilla because I missed the beat. Hey, uh, glad to have uh, Owen back here. Went to the bathroom. Circuit. Well, actually, when we do guests, it's because it can get distracting with the with the Skype line. You having a good uh, good time? Oh, dude, I'm having a blast. That's good. We forced him to say that. <laughs> no, I legit am. Between the break. Um, so, people, where can people go to see where you're? Where you're uh, I'm trying to YouTube uh, Owen Benjamin comedy, and then my podcast is Why Didn't They Laugh? Where I analyze why jokes don't work. A lot of times, I just chat about stuff, but it's like uh, humor engineering. It's a lot of podcasts where people are like, I have this, I have this idea and I have these topics I want to hit, but I'm not. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, this is the structure that I will not stick to. Yeah. Uh, no, it is worthwhile and it's, it's very touching. Hey, this is something um, that I was going to talk. I, I was like, I don't know if I want to talk about this because it's pretty dark. I, uh, I had a rough night's sleep. I don't know if you've ever done this, but my wife hates when I yell. So uh, she's also just very annoying sometimes when I sleep. I love my wife, but she'll like, she'll get under the covers and she'll like lift it and she has her Kindle and I'm, I can see the Kindle. Like I'm, a, I'm awake. <laughs> yeah. I can feel her moving. And it got to the point where it was like three times last night. She moves, she gets her Kindle on, she goes to the bathroom, she comes back. She, and it just got to the point where I, I said, you, 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 you get in and out of bed one more time, I'm going to yell. <laughs> like actually threatened with yelling. <laughs> and I immediately felt ashamed of myself. Um, but I did, I had this weird nightmare. I, this is true, this is true. So I had a rough night's sleep. To clarify, is the, is the punishment there that you are yelling and it's you're angry or just that you're, you're making noise with your mouth? At, I, you know, would you make words? Is it about amplitude of sound or the words you make? I think it's about the velocity behind the emotion, uh. which maybe if I would have yelled, you would have laughed because if you yeah. warn them about it, they're not scared of it. 
Yeah, it's kind of vulnerable kind of like to yell. Yeah. It's kind of like a backhand. Just like they rape. They can't know. Right. If you pre, if you, if you, you know, if you, you got to fake them out. You can't set up the yell. No, you can't. I tried to, but I felt immediately ashamed of myself. Like, oh, that didn't have that. Like, I feel the fires of hell at my soul. And I had, <laughs> I had this nightmare. This is going to sound really weird, but go with me on this. It was a nightmare where I was in this, this house and uh, uh, some people were downstairs watching a film. And they were like, hey, do you want to come? And they were watching a horror film. Now, I won't get into the details. I said, oh, okay. And I went downstairs and it was just the most horrid things you could like I was I was shocked that anyone would watch it was so awful what was going on in this horror film it was it wasn't like a horror film you'd see in the theaters you know again keep in mind it's like a fever dream it was absolutely terrible I remember going back upstairs and being really disturbed and I remember thinking gosh how what horrible people who would ever want to watch this who would think up that stuff and then when I woke up I realized that was me <laughs> I thought up all of it everything that I saw on there I thought it up and you wonder where that gets buried in your subconscious you wonder if it's something that you saw because I couldn't trace it back to an experience that week usually you can like okay well I had you know I don't know I had Annie Ann's pretzel that makes sense why you know someone was twisting my dick into it you know like you're like I get it I understand it I understand well. that you know I understand what happened there it's allegorical but in this case I realized none of it was coming from anywhere else it was just me and it got me thinking about this you know, Dennis Prager has talked about this a lot. Our guest, where he talks about, do you believe that people are ultimately good or ultimately bad? Or, you know, we say ultimately sinful, ultimately prone to being human, I guess. I think he used the word basically good. Basically, basically good. good yeah. yeah, basically good. Um, and it's funny because most people say, no, I think, I think that we're good. But then what does someone say when they mess up? Well, I'm all, we're all human. We're only human, which insinuates mm. that no, people mm. aren't necessarily good. Our baseline is probably neutral to bad. Yeah, if you say we're only human, that implies that humans are bad. Yeah. Because if, if you're like, if you do something great and you're like, well, we're only human, it's like, that's why you just built the Eiffel Tower. Yeah. But no, you, people usually do that when you like, when you, when you punch a wall or something. Yeah. yeah. Or when you go on a killing spree without remorse. Yeah. And you brought I'm, like, I'm only human. I'm like, well, good enough for me. Good enough yeah. for me. <laughs> Adjourned. Acquitted. So I realized it was all coming from me. And I realized, you know, this is something, too, that the, the, the left, we've talked about this with student loans. They really do have to appeal to um, the worst in us. And they also, we've talked about that, they have to appeal to the worst and to your selfish nature, right? Well, I want to get mine. I want, I want to study whatever I want to study, regardless of, of market consequences. With and I don't want to have to pay my student loans. Uh, I don't want to have to take care of myself. And I want to get health insurance. And if you say it's a human right, you just say, well, this is a right, this is a right, this is a right. What are you thinking about? You're only thinking about yourself. What's your right? What about the right to your fellow citizen who doesn't want to pay for your smoking and your horrible diet and your lack of exercise. What about the person next to you who saved all of his money because his parents traveled from overseas and opened up a bodega so that he could actually go to school, not incur debt, and he decided to go to a trade school and be successful, but now because of a new student loan forgiveness program, guess what? He's paying for your problems. When you talk about your own rights and you're constantly obsessed with how the government's going to take care of you, it really does turn you into a selfish person because your right supersedes the rights of everybody else. And that is what the platform, when I'm talking about the leftist platform, you want to call it progressive, regressive, get into the wordplay, you can comment in the section, you know what I'm talking about. That's the only string they have to play on. Now, we talk about this a lot. In free enterprise, in a capitalist system, even if they want to appeal to your own selfish nature, it, it can't work unless you're helping someone else. You can be selfish all you want. You're not going to get anything. Unless you're providing some kind of goods or services, no one's going to be giving you money. Now, when it's done at gunpoint through coercion with the government, you don't have to do anything. So it allows you to be selfish. And the government tells you, like, all right, listen, um, not only 
should we appeal? Well, they don't say this, but they appeal to your selfish nature. So that's, that's, the, soft, that's the soft bias there. That's, that's the soft approach that most people don't realize. They don't realize when they're being worked. They're appealing to my base human, I'm only human level nature. But then what they do speak out loud is to also completely disavow of the good nature of humans. We say, listen, listen, you deserve yours. Yeah, yeah, okay, that's a selfish nature. And then you say, hey, by the way, those people, like you were talking about, those people who are successful, yeah, those people who who are making six figures, they're the 1%, they're the 10%. They don't deserve it. So in order to manipulate your voting populace, you know, let's be honest, the perfect voter, you've seen through enough of our investigative videos, is someone who's not a citizen, doesn't have ID, doesn't pay taxes, and now is on food stamps and is bust in for a sandwich. That's the perfect Democrat probably voter. Probably single with a few cats. Yeah, probably single with a few cats and hurling them across the train track. And it hurts the individual, too, the most, because you, you take this wonderful emotion of admiration and you make it envy, so another person has to live in envy. Yeah. Versus, like... You know, I love Adam Sandler. Oh, I, I want to be like Adam Sandler. I love Adam Sandler. But the flip would be envy, where it's like, I want to take what he has at gunpoint. Yeah. And I think that's, it's robbing the individual of happiness to do that. It's yeah. not even about the other people. It's about the person living in that victim mentality will feel no joy or love. It's exactly. And that comes back to what we're talking about with Dennis Prager, with truth. You know, it's, it's, it's not acknowledging the truth of the human condition. It's, it's, isn't it ironic where they love to fancy themselves creative and artists, but the human condition is that you have a base set point where we all tend to be pretty selfish, pretty narcissistic, pretty self-absorbed. But humans are also, if left to their own devices, capable of tremendous good. Yeah. The Sistine Chapel or starting a business or creating your iPhone. And instead of acknowledging that reality of the human condition, in being forced to manipulate it for their own personal gain, they have to lie to you. And like you said, rob you of envy. You were going to say think what I think where a big disconnect is for liberals trick themselves and they're so dishonest with themselves because they think they're being altruistic by saying, I don't think they say, I wish I want to take all of Adam Sandler's stuff. I think they, with the, in their minds, they say, I want to take it and just bring everyone down to my level. Right. So they, they trick themselves into thinking like there's some, somehow some humility wrapped up in that because they want everyone to be well off. And they, but they, they don't realize that they're, it's the same sentiment. Well, exact know, same it's sentiment. It's also like Oedipus. It's, just, it's the overbearing mother. Yeah. Where it's like they smother them and eventually eat them. Yeah. And it, like, I get it sometimes with piano where people are like, oh, man, you're you born, with, born with talent. You know, you're lucky. I'm like, I don't know, 10 hours a day my entire childhood. Yeah. You know, and I'm not saying and that. my mom like, wasn't I'm, even Asian. Right. <laughs> no, they're Asian. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I just bred, breastfed for 30 years. <laughs> no, but like, it's like you rob the work that someone put in for that. Yeah. yeah. Like, you know, I know so many business owners that sacrifice so much just to launch. And then you're just going to have some feminist in a warming planet try and take their money. And you, re- like, you reduce all of that work, right? And all of that joy to he's part of the 1%. Right. You reduce it to that. And it really is, it is kind of sad. And I, I had this dream and it was me going like, oh my God, there's some evil. In, like I will acknowledge, there's some evil in there But that's somewhere. why you're good though. That's what Peterson always says. You don't know, you can't be good unless you can acknowledge your capability of being evil, your shadow self. Yeah. Well, I, I know, I know he talks about that and this was just kind of experiencing it because it was so shocking. I mean, picture, picture watching the worst thing you've ever seen in your life. Like the, I, who would, who would direct that? Produced, directed, created by Steven Crowder. It was, it was me. It was all just, <laughs> it, was, it was a mental moving picture. So I went, oh my gosh, this is horrible. And I did, I did my morning devotions and I got up and then the very next thing I did was go make my wife tea. 
And I went, okay, there's a lot of evil in there. I mean, pretty bad. This doesn't totally make up for it, but there's also some good where I can get up and do something selfless. And if you don't acknowledge the reality of the hu human condition, if you don't acknowledge that it, it sounds as though you're being a pessimist, but that humans generally speaking are kind of selfish, that humans generally speaking are not all good, and that people in power understand that, right? We all agree that people in power, a lot of people in power don't have your best interests at heart, so they, they use that condition to manipulate you and then rob you of your joy, rob you of the abilities that you do have, saying, actually, you can't do it without me. We'll, we'll, right. we'll we're gonna manipulate the bad, mm. and we're not going to even attribute the good to what you've done. We're going to attribute it to the collective. Yeah. And this is what the left sees as a utopia. And I see it as an absolute horror show. So if you go forward this week, and I know a lot of people out there are like, oh, I have a family member. This is often kind of what this last segment is about. Are you looking to transcend something? Is that what no, you're I saying that that is the the leftist utopia. It would yeah. it would work if it weren't for human nature. Right. Oh, yeah. To be well, selfish. Utopia means nowhere. These are like, new that's what it means. This is new information. For it, me. it literally yeah. I, like utopia is always bad. Like a secular huh. utopia is a way to enter hell, and you can live hell while you're alive. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I don't know even where to go with that because I, so I don't know. It took me off my rhythm, but that's yeah. that's, that's, that's what I do, bro. Sometimes I play jazz. I improvise. We talk about capitalism. Capitalism mitigates so much of the damage of the human of human nature because we we acknowledge that it's a very real thing. Well, I've talked about that, and a lot of people, you know, you know what a mouth guard does. A lot of people don't know this, and then we have, we do have to get going, and we'll we'll see you next week. But a mouth guard. So this is kind of an analogy. A mouth guard. People think like, oh, it's rubber. It protects your teeth. No, actually, no one who's played hockey knows this. Um, if you're wearing the right mouth guard, you're not going to get your teeth knocked out, and it's just a thin layer of rubber, right? That's not. Yeah. It's not bulletproof glass. So the reason boxers wear mouth guards, the reason that hockey players, people in contact sports, wear mouth guards, is that it dissipates that shock. Okay, now picture a mouth guard being one block of concrete in front of this tooth and someone's punch. You're going to lose that tooth. That's centralized power. That's centralized government. That's the idea of the collective as opposed to individualism. Whereas capitalism, free enterprise. Yeah, listen, you can have some horrible, greedy, selfish people. I understand it. You can have big banks. You can get into Goldman Sachs. And yeah, listen, these are absolute atrocities, abuses of uh, the current economic and legal system. We can all acknowledge that. Maybe we disagree on the solutions moving forward. But here's the thing. All great uh, abuses, all great crimes of the free enterprise system required centralized big government because free enterprise in its true form is a mouth guard. It, it's able to dissipate the damage. If one person is corrupt, if one person is out there and screwing a consumer, guess what? There's going to be a recall. Someone else is going to take their place. You can see it with computers. I mean, a a anyone pulling out their Dell smartphone today? That's how quickly things can change in a free enterprise system. If you believe, again, you disacknowledge human nature, which you have to acknowledge for free enterprise to work. That's the only way it works. If you go, okay, this is, this is human nature. This is the best way to harness it. But if you decide to deny that reality, then you eliminate the greatest achievements we can accomplish by eliminating competition and eliminating the spirit of, listen, you've got some bad in you, but there's some really good there. Let's try, let's, let, like, like your buddy Vince Vaughn would say, let's try and build some real, real momentum with that, okay? I think that's a good step. Let's, let's, let's go forward next week. Let's build some momentum with that. All right, we'll see you next week. Please, 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 please.